I hope today is going to be an encouraging day for you. I hope and I prayed that today will be a day of enlightenment for some of you, for most of you, I hope. Have you ever been there to the rock bottom, the very bedrock of life, to where you're laying flat on your back and looking up only to be able to see the sky, but you're actually at the very bottom of everything? You think there's no farther you can fall, there's nothing worse could happen to you. So you're laying there trying to figure out how to get up, and you wonder, or have you ever wondered, why me? Why am I here on my back at the bottom of the road, at the very end of the road, at the very bottom of the gully? Well, as I said today, I hope today is an enlightenment uh, that I can enlighten you as a fellow pessimist. I like to call myself a realist, but uh, my wife likes to tell me I'm a pessimist. So, as a fellow pessimist, I'm, I stand up here to encourage you to drive home a point that Scripture, as Mr. John Jorgensen here said, has 365 times, depending translation, in the Scripture that we are told not to be afraid. So, God is sovereign over all. He rules all things, regardless of what it is. The Bible tells us it rains on the just and the unjust alike. So, we have those moments in life where you wonder, where's the bills getting paid from? Where's my next step in life if you're younger? You know, there's big talk now of the millennial generation, my generation, and um, they don't have the five-year plan. You know, as generations pass, we don't know when you ask us the question, where are you at in five years? We give you a deer in the headlights look, because we don't know, right? We had, I have had some interesting conversations on that very topic of, there's a lot of things that's changed that's promoted us or pushed us that way. But regardless, God is in control of regardless of what you think. Where your next meal comes, that's a worry. If, say you get fired, there's a worry you're not going to be able to provide for your family. You worry for the younger ones, that you're going to fail the big, big exam at school and not get to graduate. There's always this worry. But there's always the good news, as we, as we call the gospel. We are called to be 100% optimist, not a realist nor a pessimist. 100% optimist. The world can easily make each and every one of us a pessimist. As someone... I, you can trust me because I am someone in my past life before I was 18 had suicidal tendencies and had many opportunities and chances that I seriously considered it. So I know that the world can make you a pessimist to the point where you're done with life and you want no more. Let's look at what God actually tells us in these situations. When we start to worry or when we think we're getting beat down and the dirt's just piling on top of us over and over again. What does God tell us about worries and our sufferings? Well, the title, I have listed it as Be Still and Know That I Am God. Is the way I've worded it. Be Still and Know. Very simply. And that's what today is about. We want you to be still, be silent, and hear God's Word and God's presence. We had phenomenal worship this morning. 
God's Spirit moves in that. I can feel it on stage. I almost hated to sit down for the fact that I didn't want to stop moving for the sheer presence of God during worship. But my first point this morning simply is stop worrying. As Christians, we are called to be optimists once again. So the fact that worry is present in our life is not a good mark for us. Worry does a lot. There's a lot of studies that have shown worry does a lot of things. Anxiety does a lot of things to the physical body. When you give all that to God, that goes away. Your health will increase. Pretty simple. Simple fix. Aches and pains go away. Okay? So, jumping into the scripture, Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. We're going to see here what God actually says about worry. What we should do, how we should handle worry in and of itself. The scripture reads, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication. With the thanksgiving, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Now, I don't know about you, but in my study, when I first started reading those words, as someone that likes to worry, that's been called the pessimist, that makes my heart jump for joy. I want to start shout, just screaming his declaration of how glorious he is. Because if we're not to worry, we're not to be anxious on, on what this world brings us. Because this world is fallen. This world, most people, regardless of faith walks, religion, or political views, will say that this world is going on a downward spiral quickly. So, as Christians, God told, tells us, do not be anxious and do not worry. We are not to worry about anything, but instead, we are to pray about all things. So, let, let's make this, as, as I like to do, do word plays and poetry to some extent, let, let's put this in a little different way to think about different wording. Worry about no thing but pray about all things. Worry about nothing. Pray about all. That is where our life, our faith walk, should sit or stand. I like the illusion of sitting better than standing because when you sit, you're in place. A little harder to move somebody that's sitting down if you're standing up. The picture of the donkey being steadfast comes to mind. If, if you have a donkey or a mule and you want them to move and they don't want to move, what's the first thing they do, right? They sit down and you're doing this the whole time and they won't move. doesn't matter how big, how strong you are, you're not going to move the stubborn donkey. That's what we're called to do with our faith walk. We're called to be steadfast and sit. So sitting in prayer, in a constant state of prayer, is where we're called to be. When we pray... We have a blessing that comes up very quickly in this very, in just these two verses. We are now guarded by God. 
We are guarded by His peace. The very peace Christ Himself has and gives out freely now covers you. Now it covers you from the moment of salvation all the way until you are graduated to glory. Yes. But the moment that we choose to forfeit that peace for the worry of the world and then decide to pray, that's reestablished upon us. He renews the peace to us so that we understand once again, God has all things in His hand. It's the great analogy or illustration that I was given young into salvation that no matter what we do, once you're in God's hand, you can run around it all day, but you'll never fall off of it. Simply to state that we can worry, that we can run, we can think we're falling away from God and running from Him in a complete opposite direction when actually we've never left His hand. You can be so wrapped up in self or falling into sin that you think you're getting away from God and and are worrying about things. But God's got this covered. You're in His hand and there's nothing nothing you're going to do to get away from God once you're in His hand. God covers you with peace. Again, we're not called to worry about things of this world. We are actually called by Christ to look like lunatics to the world. Now that may sound odd for some of you, but if you think about Jesus and the day in, time, in his when he walked this earth, in the time that he actually walked this earth, in that time period, he was seemed he was called crazy. He was perceived to be crazy for his day and age. And if we're to be little Christians or little Christ, Calling ourselves Christians, we are to be like Christ. Well, on an apologetic standpoint, there's only two options for Christ. Either He is who He said He is, did what He said He he did, or He's so crazy, He thinks He's a poached egg. That is the scale. We are to look like the guy that thinks we're a poached egg to this world because we are not worrisome. When we are talking, sitting next to somebody in the cubicle next to us, or riding in the work truck or car with somebody that you're training, or somebody that's been there for a while, and y'all have had your friendship together and been able to talk about personal life, and they know you're struggling, but yet every time you see them or they see you, you're smiling, you're singing, you're dancing, whatever it is, they're probably going to look at you like, what is he on? That man is crazy, Right? They're not going to... Most people get interested by that kind of thing. Most people are going to think you're crazy. But when they know you have hardships going on in your life and you are still able to walk around singing Amazing Grace and tell God or tell everybody around you how awesome God is amidst the darkness you're walking in, people are going to start thinking you're crazy and probably should put you in a straitjacket. And that's what we're looking for because then now they're talking to you. They're asking you questions. So, to, just to, to refer back to the video. So, what are you, so I asked, what are you afraid of? 
Because what is worry? Worry is being afraid of what's not known. Worry means I don't know what my next step is. I don't know where my next meal's coming from. I don't know how these bills are paid. I don't know how I'm passing this test. I don't know how. I don't know how. I don't know how. You are now afraid and you worry because you don't know what's next. Well, there's somebody really awesome that I know. And if you don't know him, I want you to know him because he knows all things so you can trust him. Every hour and every day, you can trust him. Doesn't matter if, if you filed for bankruptcy. Doesn't matter if a loved one has been lost. Those things are terrible, and I'm not saying they're not. And I don't want to undermine any of that. But you as a Christian can trust in God, knowing He knows the next step. Knowing He knows how to provide for you emotionally, relationally, physically, financially, whatever the case may be. He knows how to provide for you. So I ask that you trust in Him today. Whether you're a Christian, whether you have no faith walk or have no interest in a faith walk, I ask that you trust Him because worry is a very scary illness that affects many. Again, I speak personally because, again, I am the pessimist in our relationship between me and my wife, okay? So, I have the tendency to look at a lot of negative aspects, but that's, this shows how crazy and mysterious God works. Me and Josh talked about the songs that we played today and how they were picked before my sermon title was even put together and how they fall under it all. It's the mysterious ways of God, of how all that works. I'm preaching on something I need to work on that He has to teach me, that He has taught me throughout the last few weeks and has made me very excited about that I can trust Him. The next point here I want to kind of drive home today is that we are called to endurance. We are called to be steadfast. We are called to endure for the sake of God and God's glory. In 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 10, we see a glimpse of this where Peter actually takes a moment to remind the body he's speaking to in this letter, or to remind the body across the ages what it means to endure and why we should be enduring when we think it's a hard time. Scripture reads, And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to His eternal glory in Christ, will Him restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. Now, there's four very important words right there at the end. Restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish. These are promises of God throughout the Bible. Whether you're a New Testament only person or Old Testament, you get it out of the way. All of these promises are throughout all 66 love letters. 
when God says He's going to establish you, that means you are on a solid foundation. That when you think of, you know, the, the whole instance of, well, I've got to be established to get married. A lot of younger people nowadays think that way. I've got to get established to get married or established to have kids. Just so you know, for, I know some, most everybody has a parent and the parents can agree with me, you're never going to be established enough to have kids. Ever. Ever. Okay? It doesn't matter if they're well-behaved or the most unruly child ever, you're never going to be fully established enough to deal with what's coming up because you don't know what's coming up. I have found that out very clearly with my little 10-month-old that she likes to be very curious and I, don't, I could never have guessed the things that she would pull out. She'll find stuff me and Emily have looked for for years. Okay, so how she does it, I don't know. But she, she's miraculous at doing things like that. So, but, but the word established here, that's what it means. Is we're going to be so put together that God's going to put us on a solid foundation. He's going to make sure we have the tools to do what we need to do. He's going to give us the means to do what we need to do and establish us within the house of God. Within the Spirit of God. So, Paul takes a moment to remind the body of this, of that our sufferings are only for a short period of time. Now, that short period of time, we think of short period of time, okay, maybe it's a week. Maybe it's ten minutes. Short period of time here is a little different. And I want to make this very clear because it brings into perspective what a faith walk looks like and what the, per, for, or the lifespan of the person that walks that faith walk. Here on earth, we have a set amount of days that we walk the earth. We have a set amount of years that we walk the earth. The, um, I think the average lifespan is around 70 now. So if you take the average lifespan, 70 to 80, whatever you want to look at, say 80 years, if you have the absolute worst life ever, from the time you're born to the time you no longer are here on this earth, that's a short period of time. Because from then on as a believer, you have all eternity to worship and dwell in the glory of God. So 80 years versus all of eternity is still a short period of time. Now, do I ask or want that for anybody? No. By no means do I ask that upon no one. I hope every day is like being in heaven for every one of you on, here on earth. Because that's going to be the perfect day. But we have our times of suffering. See, the, the God who calls all by His grace will fortify and strengthen you to be able to endure through whatever he, whatever is put in front of you. Regardless of whether it's financial, relationship, whatever it may be, He's going to be there for you to make sure you are fortified and strengthened to carry on through the day, to show others how awesome God is regardless of what you personally are going through. See, God has called us by grace knowing that we're going to have trials. Knowing that we're going to have times where we're 
not up to par, so to speak. But there's great power when we realize our strongest attribute here on earth is weakness. Because in our weakness, God works mightily. God's strength shows the strongest when we realize we can't do it by ourselves. When we acknowledge that we are weak, that's when His strength comes out. So, He calls you to endure all things. Because, let's make this relevant, endurance is the pure essence of steadfastness. If you want to think about it that way, if you're steadfast, you're set, you're established, you're put, you're staying where you're going to stay on whatever decision it is. If it's your faith walk, you will not be moved. And endurance is not going to, it's going to be the same way. You're not, you're going to make a decision for Christ, for God. You're going to endure through whatever it is. No matter what waves are pushing you back or trying to push you back and move you off course, you're going to have the moment where the sea splits and keep walking through. Regardless if it's the fiercest army behind you or if it's just a crazy friend at school or a crazy co-worker that could care less about God that's trying to chase you away from your walk, you will be able to go through the hard times. Be able to endure through those times. So, we are called to endure. We're called not to worry. We're called to be in prayer. As, as I've said many times in, in small prayer circles, and, and I've, I've said it this morning, for the teachers at this, I pray it for every Sunday school teacher for standing almost every Sunday, that we stay knelt down so we don't worry about what we say. Because it's not about what we say up here. Or any teacher. It's not about what we say. It's about what God says. So we pray that we don't worry. But we pray that we can endure our nerves. Because me and Stan are alike in that this is not where our normal comfort setting is. Being up on stage talking to people in a big mass group of people that's not where I, I'm, not my forte. I like smaller settings. So I get butterflies every time I walk on the stage. So uh, uh, Brandon may be rock steady every time he gets up here, but when I get up here, I'm like, ah! Right? Like, I've got to get that. I've got to pray that for myself. That, but I pray that we stay knelt down at the very foot of the cross. We stay in the shadow of the cross so that there is no worry about what we say because God's going to speak through us and we're an empty vessel. And that we're going to be able to endure and move past our physical limitations, whether it's nerves or speech impediments or whatever it may be. So again, what are you afraid of? Why do you not endure? Why do you not want to endure? Is it that God's work is not worth the effort? Is it that the grind of, of life, just the daily in and out, work, family, church, is that just pointless? 
the ministers always question this when we come in hard times. And I know in meetings with Stan and Brandon and, and Justin, this question has come up a couple of times that I know, or something to the extent of, is the work we're doing in this ministry not doing any good? Are we doing it all wrong? Is it completely pointless of all this work we're putting on? But Stan, an awesome pastor that he is, always reminds us we are to not grow weary in good doing. Simply, in one word, endure. Endurance for any runner is the most important aspect of any race. We don't want to be drag racers that go from point A to point B in four or five seconds. We want to be the marathon runner that can run miles and never get tired. That's what God has called us to do for His church and for His body, for His people. So we are called to endure and we are called not to worry. My next point, I don't know of any other way to say it better than what Jeremy Camp has said. He knows. He knows. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are today, presently, yet without sin. Christ went through the exact same temptations and trials and struggles as we do on a daily basis over 2,000 years later, yet He did it without ever falling into sin. Now, if you're like me, or like I used to be, it always comes up, teenagers always do this, seems to always do this to me, um, different, different churches, different people, but they always say, well, yeah, yeah, that's right, he did it without sin, he, he was tempted, you know, Satan came to him, and, and he was tempted, but he was 100% God, so I'm not 100% God, so I'm going to fall, right? There's no way I can do it without sin. And I always kind of have to laugh. Because the thought that we can do it without sin to be just, to appear so impossible to somebody that it's just pushed away, not even strive for, blows my mind. We are called to be exactly like Christ. Christ is perfect. Our strive is to be perfect. Does that mean we will reach perfection here on earth? No. But one day we will be. One day we will be perfect. And we'll be able to dance, run, walk, sing without issue. So, if He can be tempted here on earth and do it without sin, 
we, he knows how we feel. He knows the emotional side of what it feels like to not know what's coming next. He knows the difference of how it feels when people betray him or pick on him, bully him, however you want to call it, because just because you're, you can be a hundred years old and there's still somebody that's going to try to make fun of you. Because someone can always do it better, right? Regardless of what it is. Even if it's, I can walk better than you, or I can do this math test better than you, it doesn't matter what it is. Someone is going to try to make fun of you. Christ knows exactly what that's like. Christ Himself, not only did He come and walk on the earth and was tempted, He fasted and was tempted by Satan, the enemy Himself. Yet he did not fall into sin. Tempted, made fun of, beaten, and then eventually hung on a tree for our sake. He knows what it's like to have a hard day. He understands how we feel when our, friend, when our friends turn their back on us when we really need them. He knows exactly what it feels like to be tempted and to be tested. If that's our goal is to be like Christ, as Christians we are called to be little Christ, so if that's our in-game goal, then there's hope. There's hope that we can walk this world and not fall to every temptation that comes our way. That we can stand firm-footed. And like we taught the, the youth several weeks ago, it's just say, back off. I am a child of God and you can no longer touch me. I have a full suit of armor with a shield the size of a door to protect me from every temptation. You are no longer welcomed here. Leave. That may sound bold, may sound daring, but that's what we are called to do. Every temptation and every trial we come across, when Satan presents himself to us to stray us from the path, we tell him to leave. That you are not welcomed here. I am a child of God. I am sealed by the Holy Spirit. And you can no longer touch me. So he knows the feeling of betrayal. He knows what it's like to be able to do it without sin. He gives us the hope to do so ourselves. See, all people are called by His grace to His grace. I'll say that again. All people are called by His grace to His grace. So, we have hope in life. It doesn't matter what life you're looking at. Bad, good, faith, no faith. doesn't matter. You have hope in life because there's a God that gives you grace, peace, mercy, comfort. God gives you all that you need. So, what are you afraid of? Well, I want everyone here to be encouraged by the fact that we have a God that, that tells us, promises us, and commands us not to worry. 
that tells us to endure and that it's possible. He doesn't just tell us to do it and never done it. He did it. He knows. So, to kind of wrap things up and conclude the morning, we're not called to be anxious or to worry, but to trust the Lord because there's a spirit that He gave us and that spirit of anxiousness, that spirit of fear is not the one He gave us. He did not give us a spirit of fear to rule our day-to-day lives. He gave us a spirit to be bold, a spirit to stand firm for God and His glory, knowing that regardless of what happens next, He's got us. He's got us covered. We are called to be stead- to endure and to be steadfast in our faith no matter what. So if you go to work every day and you're constantly picked on about, you're constantly going through a time of suffering while you're at work because you're the only Christian in the entire office. And every time somebody walks by the door, they're like, oh, that Bible thumper. And they just keep walking. They're snide remarks, whatever it may be. No matter what it is, we are called to endure for the sake of the glory of the gospel and for God. Because again, in our weakness, His strength shines. We must understand that God knows all and can sympathize with our suffering. So, regardless of what it may be, regardless of what unknown is out there, you're not to worry about it. You're to trust God and realize that He sympathizes, understands what we go through mentally and physically. And if you don't think our God understands us mentally as well as He does physically, there was only one of the original disciples at the foot of the cross upon the time of His departure. When He graduated to glory, so to speak, Himself, there's only just a couple of people there. He had one of the disciples actually curse His name in His time of need. So He understands mentally and physically what it is. So we must understand that God knows all and can sympathize with our sufferings. So my challenge to you this morning, my bold proclamation for this local body, whether it becomes big or it stays where it's at, I could care less as long as the Spirit dwells here, and that we take this challenge seriously, to be still and know. Be still and know that God is God and He has you covered and your back is covered at all times regardless of what your situation is. Be still and know. Because we don't. We are weak, frail humans. But that's where He shines the best because He has us covered front, back, left, right. And any other degree you want to put it in, He's got you.
So be still and know.